Are you ready to get demonetized? Forever? Monetized? No, we're not monetized. I mean, I'm monetized. I can die monetized. But this <laughs> podcast is about to never be monetized now. Uh, howdy, everybody. Welcome to the Skeleton Crew Podcast. I'm Sardo. That's Strauss. Um, and we're we're finally we're we're pulling the cord. We're 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 talking about the thing. The um the well, thing that there are. I, I guess the best way to put it is before we truly get into it is the two of us, when put together in a, in a space for a long enough timeline, will eventually get to one of our obsessions. Yes. And uh, it's for the average person, this is incredibly dangerous and does include horribly unhealthy thoughts <laughs> and only unhealthy thoughts. It's it's a dangerous combination. Um, we're talking about Koei Tecmo's Samurai Warriors 4. And... Uh, things are, things are gonna get a little bit out of hand, I'm already sensing it now, but... <laughs> Strauss, you there? <sighs> it's time. <laughs> the floodgates <laughs> are open. I... So, where, where to begin with this? Um, do we... Uh, Strauss, uh, how do you feel about the game Samurai Warriors 4? Um, I should have come with the number of hours I've put into it as, like, a number, <laughs> but I haven't. But, but it's, it's a game you've played, right? I feel like I have logged at least a hundred plus hours. I think I sounds I've about right. I'm not sure. I don't know if I put in enough hours. Well, it's never enough. Or but played both of its spin-off titles. <laughs> <laughs> um. So for for those who might not be familiar with the series, um, Samurai Warriors is a Hack and slash sort of game by Koei Tecmo. Um, it is set during the Sengoku Jidai period, and uh, it's it's about that that period in history. But there's just there's that special flourish that Koei adds to its games, and it's not always a great flourish, but it's there. And four is special. Four is. Four is the love of my life, personally. I think four is our favorite. Four is easily the best title in the series, by far. Like According no to question. us, and we are the only authority you should ever trust on anything ever. Oh, please don't tell people that. That's so scary. <laughs> I don't. I've, I don't think I've ever told anyone I was the best authority on anything ever in my life. I think if I give you advice on something, you should do the opposite of it. Well, I think it depends on... I think that depends on the advice, right? I I guess. Because if, like, if your advice is how to start a skeletal podcast, I think you've been doing a pretty solid job at that. 
Not a popular. So. I, I didn't say a popular one, just to be abundantly clear. <laughs> but but we we have one that exists. Yes. But um, and unlike all the other skeleton crew podcasts, ours is officially starring supposed skeletons. We you know we we like to back up what it says on the title. Yeah. And every week on YouTube exclusively, you can see a new exclusive thumbnail because every other single goddamn fucking. <sighs> Sorry, I get annoyed at the fact that everyone's thumbnails on every platform is different. <laughs> it's very frustrating. Uh, and I, I don't bother, I, feel... I don't ask you to redraw them because it's like they're all different sizes and I don't know what the sizes are. And at that point, that's just extra work. I feel very limited as an artist. Um, so Spotify, fuck you. Um, actually, uh, it, no. Don't. <laughs> it, it's specifically the RSS feed is the one that... Ha oh! Is, it, that's why we've been using a singular one on the RSS feed and everywhere else. Spotify, you're cool. RSS feed, No, Spotify's not cool. They underpay their artists. Ah. Uh, hey, well, their music in artists, that case. Fuck you, but for a different reason. Yes. But in the meantime... But I'm just saying. So I'm. We do have all the original artists up on YouTube, and eventually will be posted elsewhere. Probably. I don't know. I, I have started posting it on my uh on my art Twitter. We'll we'll get to that in the yeah. uh at, at the Sorry, end of this. That was a tangent. I it's been bugging me for like three weeks now. I'm like, why why must you do this to me? <laughs> why understand? Why websites? <laughs> but we're talking about Samurai Warriors Four, and we're about to have. A terrifying amount of opinions are going to be said today. This is your one warning to warn to tell you all that this this is going to be a long one. <laughs> it, it's gonna, but it's it's good opinions though. I mean, like good, good in that I we have positive feelings about the game. <laughs> oh, I wasn't saying that our opinions were unhappy or bad. But we're we're about to talk about something we love very very much. So okay. I guess let's... Uh, here's a great way to put it. Remember last week's episode where we talked about Soul Calibur? Okay, now it's going to get even worse. <laughs> yes, exactly. The we we are we are going into it today. Um, so I, I'm trying to think of a, a good starting point for this, but I, I guess. Strauss, what was your, like, first experience with the Samurai Warriors franchise, going back a little bit? Uh, I would say my first exact experience with a lot of things was playing Warriors of Roshi 3, which is the best one. Yes. And we say it's the best one because it does a lot of things right, and it has too many characters in all the right ways. It's very good. It's very good. We will talk about it at some point, we promise. But, so, I played that. I'm like, I'm now knee-deep in this stuff. And so, Samurai Warriors 4 comes out. I'm like, I'm down. And, uh, years later. Uh, here we here are. Here we are. Here we are. And... My my experience was interesting because four was actually the first Samurai Warriors game I I played. It was um, for it me was... too, and I guess to explain it, I don't know about you, but I'll say in my case, real quick, mm -hmm. is I didn't have a PS2 until about 2006 when I bought one with my own money. 
Right. That I... And, like, that was back when the PS2 was as dirt cheap as possible. And I, and I only bought that for Soul Calibur 3. The right way to use a PS2. Well, I mean, buying a PS2 is usually a good investment, considering it's absurdly large library. <laughs> yes. A lot of great games on that PS2 right there. But after that, I played... Uh, so, I didn't grow up with that, and I didn't really play anything else else on it was you know i i like a lot of people have decided to like expand my horizons and this is where i went to right as for you why did you never play samurai warriors until four i well the thing was i just i hadn't really been aware of this series um i got into dynasty warriors first um, that was my thing. I started with seven and then I backtracked a little bit and played six, uh, and, and the rest is history, but that's, that's not the important thing. Um, I heard kind of in passing about four and I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. And you're not going to believe this, Strauss. This is going to sound so crazy to you. Um, I saw a screenshot of Hisahide, and it's like, oh, there's a new character in 4, um, and this this looks like a fun guy. I'm going to play this game. So I bought the game, and I played it, and now my brain is ruined. <laughs> and so begins our first mention of Hisahide. Don't worry. The first of many. <laughs> we will get to him proper eventually. So the thing is, I, I think... One of the things that happens when we talk about long-running series of any kind where new characters are added, they they add new characters to, to try to get people on board. And for Sardo, it worked. I didn't look at any of the new characters. I just dived right in. I'm like, well, here we go. <laughs> it just, just plunged you, straight you, in. You looked at the pool to check for rocks. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was like, I don't care if it's in my way. If I die, I die. I didn't. Well, no, I I found the biggest, sharpest rock in the pool, and I jumped specifically towards it. <laughs> no, you saw a rock, and I'm like, ah, finally, a rock I could break my legs on. Yes. Time to go headfirst into this stone. <laughs> but I, I, I guess four just... Four was my first because the series really hadn't like crossed my path yet. And like I I like um I like Sengoku period stuff. Like I think it's interesting. I was really into Sengoku Basara for a while. And Sengoku Basara makes samurai warriors look um restrained. Restrained and grounded and thoughtful <laughs> by comparison. <laughs> that that if you know what we're talking about, that is a terrifying statement. <laughs> But I, I think part of it also was that, like, Samurai Warriors 3 was on the Wii. Yeah. Like, weirdly, it was on the Wii in a way that I still, I think no one really understood why, other than the Wii was popular at the time. Probably mm -hmm. also because I think Dynasty Warriors 6 did not do as well as people wanted it to do. Right. This is our one mention of six, and it will be the only one you're getting. 
Yep. <laughs> but I think the best way to put it is we all thought, hey, we both looked at this game and went, I'm going to play that. And then we did. Yeah. So without further ado, let's talk about why we like it. Because we, 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 our history is we've played none before this. This is our first one. And now we're hooked forever. I mean, for, for one thing, and this is something that I think most of the Koei games, most of them have in common. Um, looking very hard at you, Dynasty Warriors 9. <laughs> and frowning deeply. Um, you had such problems. Is that they, they are incredibly playable. They're just, it's, it's just good, dumb fun. Yeah, I, like I, it's it's such an easy game to just pick up and play and not really think about things. <laughs> I I feel like that's a that's gonna be that's quite a statement considering what's about to follow after all this all this simple stuff that we're starting with. Yes, but <laughs> it's it's playable and and the gameplay is like it it gets you hooked right away. And I think the other thing is that it's. It's the right balance of tone, because 4, in a lot of ways, is a very silly game. It's It's got, like, characters with big personalities, flamboyant designs, doing absolutely bonkers stuff. And then there are some very, very dark moments that also happen, and it's balanced with, like, surprising care. And it's it it works out very well. I think part of the reason why the tone is best in this one, because we've played Dynasty Wars, we've played other games in these franchises. Mm -hmm. And and we specifically mean Dynasty Warriors and Samurai Warriors. We're not talking about like their other like licensed work, which is different. Yes. Usually better because a IP holder is breathing down their neck. <laughs> Hyrule Warriors, Fire Emblem Warriors, great games, wonderful games. We're not talking about them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not, not that they're that, that all the spin-offs spin from well, you end up being like the Zerk and the Band of the Hawk, which is fine. Yeah. It's fine, it's just, um, uh, we, we ran, ran into a form factor issue. Oh, half our cast is dead halfway through the series. Oops. That was an oops. A bit, bit, bit of an oopsie doodle there on uh, on our decisions here. Oh, but we all want to play his beloved character Griffith. Anyway, I think I never. I think I only tried him out once, felt disgusted, and never played him again. Yeah, we'll talk about Berserk one day. We promise. Speaking of things we're opinionated on. Yes, but the the mainline Warriors series tend to be I, I mean it's it's complicated <laughs> well I, I think the best way to put it is one of the things that's very famous in dynasty warriors and samurai warriors to a certain extent is the hypothetical routes yes which is basically every because of the benefit of the hindsight of history which you know when you have several hundred years or a thousand plus years to look at at things you can be like well, if you did X here, you things would have gone better for you. <laughs> and so usually what ends up happening is 
Like, like for, for example, example we, we like Dynasty, Dynasty Warriors 8, and we're going to use it as the example. Every faction has a hypothetical route. Yes. Where everything goes perfectly well, and they win the day. And at times, that shit is very silly. Or It's... Just, it's immensely silly. It gets, it gets immensely, immensely silly. silly. And, or, or like, like something happens like, ah, yes, Yua Yang has just made a fucking flamethrower taking the year 200. Yeah! But, but Samurai Warriors 4, in spite, in spite of its inherent goofiness, because, I mean, look at it. Look at all the pretty colors. colors. You, you, you are indeed painting with all the colors of the wind, the fire, and the water. It's a very pretty game. Earth, wind, and fire. Yes. <laughs> You're a shooting star, no matter who you are. But they're, they, you know, it's it's a very vibrant cast. It's a very flamboyant-looking game, but... <laughs> Take one look at Kishosho and you're like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> yes, Samurai Warriors is a very serious historical period piece. <laughs> this is a very serious game. And we are taking it very seriously. But really, the key point is, 4 is the one without the hypotheticals, so everything happens. Whether yes. you want it to or not. The closest you get is, like, 4-2, but that's more of... Well, well that's a different... We'll, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. <laughs> we'll get to that bridge at some point in this podcast. The, the point is, 4 decided, you know what, this is what you're getting. You're getting what happened. And all the tragedy that comes with it. And that weirdly, I think, helps in yes. an odd sense. Like, there's no moment of just utter goofiness where, I don't know, Hideyoshi bounces a ball in his head and somehow doesn't invade Korea, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that Samurai Warriors does not cover Hideyoshi's, um, Hideyoshi's uh, military excursion into Korea. For the better, I would say, because that would be a very, very thing to handle. <laughs> well, it's uh, especially when you sell a lot of your games in Korea. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we're, we're not touching that one. <laughs> Everyone agrees that it's a bad idea to touch it at, for 110 different reasons, mostly because it also makes Hideyoshi look so much worse. And his already, and his already not was... stellar personality. <laughs> He doesn't need help looking worse. <laughs> but anyway, the point is, 4 is kind of the one that we are like, this is our child. We love our child. And unlike 5, this child is good. It's, it's you, my, my favorite baby, golden child, perfect, sparkling, pristine. <laughs> Covered in filth. <laughs> the filth is our thoughts. And uh, we we should probably address that a little bit too, because the the other thing about the general tone of Samurai Warriors Four is that it's kind of raunchy. Well, if you remember our companion episode to this, which was episode uh uh uh, hold on, um. You'd think I'd remember every episode we do because I edit these things, but I don't remember which episode is which half the time. Uh, our, our 11th episode, which was about Samurai Warriors 5 specifically. Yes. We, we talked a lot about how 5 was very sterile 
very like sexless very much like modern shonen anime where half the characters don't feel like they ever have a horny thought in their lives until it's important it's it's very yeah it's it's very cleaned up in like not a great way <laughs> where Sam Warriors 4 is like alright here, here's where we're gonna get a little sleazy right now here comes the sleazy saxophone and it and it creeps into things in like a very surprising way because like you you have your typical little little bit of the odd fan service here and there it's like you know little little something for for the people who like the women folk but then there's more <laughs> i think um, i think really the best way to like really demonstrate the difference is looking at no in five and then going back to what she looked like in four and being like oh right you used to be the sexy one <laughs> on purpose <laughs> and and she is um she is smoking she is like you no he may my beloved <laughs> i love her so much but um mm. and and I think a a good good point to bring up here too is um Chronicles mode in Samurai mm. Warriors 4 and and Strauss uh what is Chronicles mode So okay the game has the, the base game of 4 has two modes Mode A is like the the history of these factions and what they were kind of sort of doing to a certain degree and then there's Chronicles mode, where you take your player-created samurai and go talk to everybody and be their bestest friends forever. You you get to you you make your little OC, and you make them kiss all the characters. It's it's a built-in dating sim slash friendship sim, basically. Depending on the character, some of these characters you're not dating because, I mean, I don't know. I there's someone who wants to do them. <laughs> out there for each and every one of them just not all of them you you get to kiss the adults <laughs> yeah i you head pat a couple of others <laughs> yes and sometimes you head pat a couple of others because they are adults but they're very stupid and and there are some great things that go on in this because you you get to talk to each character and get to know them a little better individually and that's cool and there's like dialogue options and um my favorite thing which is the revelation that Oda Nobunaga is a drag queen and a really good one at that mm. and I love that that you you encounter this beautiful woman and surprise it's Nobunaga <laughs> Surprise, I'm much better at this than you are. And you're like, damn. But it's it's really good. And it's I think it's a cool way to kind of get to know the cast individually. And we've we've mentioned before in previous stuff talking about Koei that it's like one of the pluses of the Warriors games is that there is something for everyone in the cast. 
because these casts are so comically large, you're going to find someone to attach yourself to as this is my scrungly bingus. And you get to meet all your scrungly binguses and hang out with them. And there's so and many. And it's so cool. There are, there's like... How many characters are in Sarah Warriors now? Um, I don't know. Let me ask Google. <laughs> there's a lot. Understand, there's over a hundred in Dynasty Warriors now, but we're, 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 we knew that. Yeah, I... Gosh. Let's see. Characters. Okay, how many characters? Over 50 main characters. And over 1,000 named NPCs. Those NPCs don't matter. You usually spend half your time beating them up. <laughs> yes. But but we do get about 50 characters in Samurai Warriors. Paltry compared to Dynasty Warriors, but, but still, like, quite a few people. Yeah, I mean, Dynasty Warriors also has, like, three more entries. Yes. <laughs> Which is, like, that's, like, 50 more characters to add <laughs> but the best way to put it is is that samurai warriors is the one that i think the best way to put it is that samurai warriors is the one where because there's less characters you get a little bit more time with each of them because one of the problems with dynasty warriors is that Every faction has, like, 40 people in it. <laughs> yeah. And some of them don't even do a whole lot in general. Very dense. Well, so this... this... I, I think a really good way to put it, just to give you an idea here, is that we both like Sai Wenji, yeah? Yeah. We think she's awesome. Mm -hmm. She uses a harp to hurt people, which is hilarious. Great. And I would say Sarah Wars doesn't have that, but Moda Chica comes in here with the shamas and is like, you rang. <laughs> anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> yeah, here's Wonderwall over here. But, like, I think in age, she's in, like, two-way stages the entire game. Yeah. And one of them is she's not even playable. Which sucks. It does suck. It sucks hard. But this... Samurai Warriors 4 is, is more intimate, I'll say. It's yeah. definitely more intimate. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, we've got a lot of characters to pick through. So, like, let's let's get down to brass tacks All, all right, still. everyone. We're about to enter into what we're going to call the brain worm zone. <laughs> This is your last chance to um, <laughs> right. sign off if you're not ready for... <laughs> if you're not ready for the horrible things that happens to our brains when we start talking about this long enough, this is your chance to run now. This is your final I'm warning. Get... I'm about to um, get real annoying. To all, to all our friends who already know about this and are like, well, I'm ready to listen to this for the fourth time. Uh, hi, <laughs> guys. Uh, Mildew, shout out to you specifically, I hey. guess. Hey, Mildew. Hey, Kimmy. <laughs> Hey guys, uh, um, you already know what's about to happen. So you're like, yeah, I've already jumped on this ship. Let me uh, put on my pet get, suit. Get a, get a drink, get a snack, make yourself comfortable. Because, uh, yeah, we're we're going to dive right in. Strauss, who's your favorite Samurai Warriors 4 character? 
Well, I think the first thing we should state before we get into this is that for all the gameplay we could talk about, all the story stuff we can talk about, you know what we're here for? It's these Technicolor weirdos who, and, their person, and their weird personal lives. That's what we're here for. That's why we do this. Yes. So now you're into why we're here. All that rambling beforehand? Nah, that's not why we're here. We're this, here. This is the core of it. This is why we're still here. So, apologies now. This is about to get really fucking strange. <laughs> You're about to learn a lot about us without, by not choice. <laughs> but yes, so... my favorite characters, of course, Kyo Masaka. <laughs> I know you, you, you and I. Get know out. That's a get out. Get out. Get, get off the podcast. I am using control. <laughs> you can't stop me. I'm the one who has the button that says stop and go. Damn it. <laughs> That's not true, though. Uh, my favorite, is, of course, is the beloved Kai. The best girl. But, of course, we're, we'll talk more about her proper. And I know who yours is. Yes. You want to say it the proper way? <laughs> <laughs> this is your chance. I'm letting you do it now. Matsunaga Hisahide. It's like watching uh, Richter scale go up and then down and up again. But yeah, like the, the real reason why I think both of the both Dynasty Warriors by extension also as well survive to this day is that it hooks your its claws into its brain and like this is your scrungly bingus this is your favorite you are forever stuck with this idiot <laughs> until the end of time we will be on our deathbeds and like next to each other with like oxygen mask on as we slowly die from some future space plague somewhere near pluto <laughs> and sorry i'll be like hey Stross, you know who my favorite is? <laughs> and we'll be doing the entire intro verbatim like it's today. <laughs> Some things will never change. We're sorry. <laughs> but they won't. But no, who's your favorite, Stross? It's Kai. You, you, you know this. You know who my favorite is. You know who I sim for. And you know that I'm forever changed. The world will never be the same. Well, I know that. But our listeners don't maybe necessarily know that. Yes. Why do you like Kai so much? She can take on a bear. And look good no, while no, she we... does it. Let's, let's talk a little bit about who Kai is. Um, uh, historically, for... in-game, or both? Uh, I don't know. I think we should probably do both. Yeah, probably both. <laughs> it's it's it, it. Thankfully, it doesn't take long. Okay, so Kai is the daughter of a retainer to the Ho the Go Hojo clan. I should state because those are two different things. I I have enough brain worms to know the difference. <laughs> and there there is a big difference. Yeah, one of them got killed like after the Mongols invaded, and one of them decided to take on the name to get more prestige. <laughs> We love a clout chaser. Oh, Luigi Asu, you clout chasing <laughs> son of a whore. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, the thing is, Kai was a da daughter of a retainer, famously 
well, supposedly helped defended her her castle during a very well-known siege. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of the only thing she's really famous for. Other than being known as kind of pretty. Because, unfortunately, we, you know, we don't always have great historical records of women who are alive during that time, because that's just kind of the way the world works. Especially during a time period where everyone's fighting each other, so things get it catching on fire goes up by 120%. (laughs) Like, yeah, not, nothing increases the chances of records being lost quite like, oops, the castle's on fire. Oh, shit, our library's on fire, too. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> on fire. It's all on fire. <laughs> shit. <laughs> our records. But Kai in game is one of... Uh... Okay, so the factions in this game, unlike... Much like the Three Kingdoms is, they're separated into different groups. You have, but this time it's by clan slash mm-hmm. region, depending on which one. Like, Kai's part of the Kanto faction, which is really just the Hojo faction. I don't know why they called it that. It's kind of right. weird. <laughs> Follow your own conventions, Koei, please. Oh. But it's the, that's that's the group that kind of, you know, works and fights together and gets kind of massed together, so. They're the family faction, which means we have to now copy one video that we can both think of right now. So you want to just get it out of the way? Family. 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 It's about family. <laughs> yeah. uh, Vin Diesel is there. <laughs> Vin Diesel's there. He... And he's, he's somehow still in a car despite it being 1592. <laughs> Family. But, uh, yeah, that that's the Kanto group. And I, I think the best way to put it is each faction has their own aesthetic. Each faction has their own sort of characterization. It's kind of the thing that to help speed this stuff along. What do they do? Everyone kind of falls in line with a certain group's message, and for the Kanto group, it's family. <laughs> family. Except Kotaro's a juggalo. He's the... <laughs> Juggalos can be family, too. Yeah, for some reason, this guy is. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes family is a big burly dilf, a girl who wrestles bears, and a juggalo. <laughs> and the big burly guy's daughter. <laughs> Yes. It was very sweet. She is very sweet. But yeah, that's sort of... That's my favorite. Uh, Hisahide got tacked onto the Oda, despite the fact that he hates being there, which is probably why you love him so much. I, I love it because... Um, where, where the Oda clan is concerned, uh, Hisahide is the surly goth teen in the very back seat of the car on a long family road trip. Like kicking like the seat in front of him and like complaining that he wants McDonald's and saying how much he hates this family. <laughs> and I love that for him. <laughs> uh and and the Oda in general are an interesting group because they're they're definitely um they're dark and edgy and um black and purple is kind of the dominating color scheme 
This is also important. Everyone has their own specific color scheme. Yeah, they're they're all sort of color coded. I mean, not not everybody applies to the rule, but but generally, if you're in the Oda, you're going to be wearing purple. You're probably going to be wearing some black. So the only two characters who get away with this is Hideyoshi and Yasu Tokugawa, and we'll get to them because they get their own factions later on, like in real life. <laughs> yes, but like the whole point is, every character faction has a general color scheme idea. Everyone has their own, like, the Oda, like, the Kanto group is about family. The Takeda is about being smart until Shingen dies and then all the brain cells leave. They're, they're Warrior McFight good. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're Warrior McFight good, and then Shingen's the one who's Warrior McFight good, but smart. <laughs> <laughs> then you have the Uesugi, who are... Warrior McFight good, but more family-oriented. And also, like, a Mostly because they're actually like, related. Like, a actual family, and also, like, kind of dysfunctional family a little bit. If the Hojo is, like, the ideal... If the Hojo... If the contact group is this... Slash Hojo are, like, this idyllic sort of, like, this is the father, this is the children, this is the weird Uncle Kataro who's doesn't leave <laughs> <laughs> then the other one is the alcoholic father his mm -hmm. weird sister her weird son and his weird best friend <laughs> we love all of them <laughs> the the uesugi is kind of full of freaks and i say that in the most loving way possible <laughs> and then you have uh Basically everyone else, it's tricky because the four is separated really into either region or faction, depending on situation. And and then we have the uh, the Shimazu gang, who is um uh, the mostly mostly rune. I I think the best way to put it. And then there's those those weirdos on Kyushu. <laughs> <laughs> and we say this also lovingly. Um. They're jocks. <laughs> this is the two sets of jocks who have decided that, that they're going to argue over whose team is better, but violently. Yes. So an average day in Philadelphia. It's always sunny in Kyushu. <laughs> the only difference is everyone has a sword. I mean, not really, but you so, get the idea. <laughs> so like Philadelphia then. <laughs> yeah. Kinda. Only it's one side is gonna argue about the Phillies and one side is gonna argue about the Flyers. Or maybe they're just all Flyers fans. Who this knows? Is a, this is your one hockey joke you're getting, everybody. I don't watch hockey, so this is the only one you got. <laughs> but, you, you know, and you've, you've got kind of like, there's, again, a little something for everybody in all of these groups. Um, and, and then you kind of have, like, um, the, I don't know, you, you have a couple of characters that are a little bit unattached to, like, specific factions. You've got, um, you've got Magoichi, our, our beloved garbage man. You'll, we'll explain is, that later. <laughs> he's, he's a mercenary. He has a gun. And he's um, incredibly trashy. 
but and, and he he likes the ladies. The yeah. ladies don't really like him back, but he likes the ladies. This is true. Then you have the two swordsmen of Musashi Miyamoto, who you might have heard of, and then the guy yes. he's famous for fighting, Kojiro Sasaki, who is the who is the swordsman but goth or theater kid. Kojiro is very scary, and I like him very much. <laughs> yes. And then you it's have like... technically Keiji. Yeah, Keiji kind of does his own thing. Uh, Keiji Mieda is technically part of the Yoda, but also technically not. He kind of just goes where he wills. Yeah, he just He's a very He's he's the cat that he's the cat that drifts between houses and everybody feeds it, so. <laughs> and then you have Akuni, who is the weird one. AKA she's the theater kid. Literally. Yeah. Okuni might be some kind of spirit, some kind of like quasi Grim Reaper figure, who knows? <laughs> Didn't vent Kabuki it's... Theater though, so she got that going for her. Yes. She she is the, the inventor of Kabuki Theater. Good for her. Good, yeah, for, her. good for her. But, but re I, I... really the best way to put it is that each faction there's characters that we like which is most of them <laughs> yeah i i can only think of like probably one character i do not care for <laughs> and his name and, and we already talked about Kiyo Masakato who we think is lame and annoying he's a dweeb and he's a dweeb <laughs> you okay stress yes I decided to really emphasize how dweeby he is. <laughs> he is, but the rest of them we like. So I think the best way we're going to he go here from here on out, so this becomes less insane rambling, is we're just going to go over each faction, one yes. by one, and talk about its characters and why we like them. Also, I so this doesn't good... take four hours. Yeah. Uh, let's let's start with the Sanada. You know, because um. Sonata. The, the Super Sonata Brothers. <laughs> and their increasingly larger faction per game. Except yes. five, where none of them appeared, which was weird, actually. And weird for reasons that we're going to get into. And not, not well, even, we... like, positive, like, weird, but also, like, he should show up. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, think. the Sonata are in four cover, technically, two characters. We say mm -hmm. technically because one one drifts between two and one only became playable in the Yukimura spin-off game. We are going to count a minute. Yes. <laughs> because why not? He's neat. And that He's is the Sonata brothers of Yukimura. Mm -hmm. And Nobuyuki, his older brother. Yukimura is the poster child of Samurai Warriors 4 because he gets the, kind of the famous last stand moment of the time period and then dies horribly. And I was like, he was the truest samurai who ever lived. And dying horribly was the fashion at the time. Uh, much like Pong does, sometimes you just have to die in a really spectacular fashion to be remembered forever. Yes. And that's what Yukimura did. 
and he's a very famous warrior because of it and looks way hotter in neo than he does here <laughs> he's he's smoking hot in neo it is yukimura is unfairly hot there <laughs> mostly because they made him his proper age of like 45 yes and gave him a beard in this one he's like 20 and he's he's a fresh-faced young lad and he's vanilla as fuck Though, I will say, 4 did something good in that, you know, Yukimura's always kind of been, like, the, the stock, like, you know, heroic, sort of hot-blooded, you know, brave fighter. They make him a little stupid in 4. They decided to do the only truly smart thing ever in the history of anything, and decided, what if he was a himbo? And and he's he's so dumb. It's so good. And then you have his brother, Nobuyuki, who is the smart brother, ostensibly. <laughs> He's smart by comparison and a good husband. And that's really the best way to put him. And and that's all that matters. Also, they, they got Yukimura drunk at one point and he gets even dumber. <laughs> and silly. And this is good. He's, he's a very silly boy. I I definitely, I I can kind of take or leave Yukimura for the most part in Samurai Warriors for improved my opinion of yeah. him. No, I, I, I think the best way to put him is I'm not gonna, he's gonna be popular. He's not gonna be my favorite character. He's not gonna be your favorite character, but we appreciate his existence. He's somebody's favorite character and that's what matters. Though we are going to talk briefly about the three other Sonata faction characters that showed up in the Sonata game that they made. Uh, there's the Ninja Sasuke. Don't care. Didn't play this yeah, game. The he's only, a twink. He's a twink. Uh, I bet he's probably fun to play as because most of the ninjas in this game are. Yes. Uh, they added their oldest sister, uh, Lady Muramatsu. She's very cute looking. She is. Good design. Yeah. Uh, but the real man of the hour is their father. Yes. Who finally got his own design after always being kind of not a, like, unique NPC. Because there, there, there is a difference between unique NPC and important and just, like, a reoccurring one. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a difference between being Chen Pu versus being... Dong by or whatever, where it's like, oh, you were given a, a design to stand out versus you just always show up. And You're distinctive. Masayuki Sonata is the dad here, and they gave him a hat. And he then they uh, updated him in Spirit of the Sonata, and they made him hot. They made him really hot. And he had a different hat. <laughs> He's he is smoking. <laughs> yeah. So proving once and for all, sometimes he just have to be, and he's the smartest one of these th of all these characters we just mentioned. The point is, these are th this that's their faction. They also, okay. So this is a question I'm going to ask you: Are we, is Kanoichi officially a Sonata or is she more of a Takeda? That is an excellent question. Oh, um... you know what? I think we're just going to use her to segue into the into shingen because that's the Good easiest choice. that's the fastest and easiest way because the sonata were originally a retainer clan to the takeda clan 
And to bridge this gap, there's a character named Kanoichi. She's a ninja. She's like, hmm, a lot. Because she's she's kind of a sassy little brat. (laughs) She's the little shit character. Very mean to Kai, which means that they're probably dating. (laughs) Or at least exes. Yes. Um, She's one of the original characters of the franchise, and she's kind of the big original character from the first game. Yeah. Like, most of the characters we're about to mention are, you know, named after real samurai who totally existed. Usually. Uh, Kanoichi's just a ninja girl who is part of the spy network that Shingen had. She's kind of a representation of a whole ass group. She's fun. I like her. Yeah, she's cool. She's tiny. You can throw her at things. <laughs> she's spunky and, and a little bit mean, and I like that about her. Yeah. she She's kind of a sassy little bitch, and that's why we love her. Yeah. And this leads into Shingen Takeda himself. Uh, his son, Katsuyori, became a thing in the Sonata game. He's sadly the fail son here, but his major defeat is the reason why the Takeda got absolutely smashed at one point, and not in the fun way. We we get a lot of failed sons here. We'll tell you about each and every last one of them. But Shingen Takeda, his father, is a fame it was one of the best strategists of his time period. And here he's a large he's a not a, a super large man. Very he's more of a wide man. He's he's broad. He's a very wide man who wrestles people. He's stout. He's Mr. Wide. (laughs) And he wears a lot of red armor, and he outdoes people by being smart and then beats them up with his wrestle moves. And he's also got, like, a a thing going on, this rivalry with uh, Kenshin Uesugi. Um, You know, because there's gay people, and then there's whatever the fuck those two got going on. (laughs) Sometimes the gayest thing is to be rivals with another man. (laughs) It is. But without ever it actually being considered gay. Just because the energy is gay. Just nothing you actually do is gay. And also in in this particular incarnation, he's got a very cool kind of like Oni mask. Like like a half mask. Looks really neat. He's just really cool. And he's a very, he's a fun character. People like him. Yes. Very famous for being neat. And that's sort of the Takeda Sonata factionaire. Mm -hmm. The Sonata get a lot more love than Shingen because really the problem is with a lot of Shingen stuff is you can only fight Kenshin so many times in a game. Yeah. (laughs) They had like four battles in the same spot. This is not a joke. This is a real thing that happened. You play like the fourth one. That's what love looks like. <laughs> that, that's what true love truly is. <laughs> it's fighting one person 50 times in one spot. <laughs> well, why are you as a man throwing hands with another man to touch him? That sounds pretty gay. <laughs> but the real key here is he's fun. They're fun. The Sonata are fine. 
they got more interesting as four went on they're they're all right they're they're fine yeah and I guess since we're talking about Kenshin, uh, maybe we should cover the Uesugi next. We might as well. We might as well just keep segueing into other factions and go through this as fast as we can and as detailed as possible. Or as detailed as we're going to remember. Because, oh lord, the Uesugi, the, the, the drunken uncles of this game. <laughs> we love our drunkle Kenshin. <laughs> Kenshin, who goes around being the baddest, bad, baddest of the bad. Well, okay, so actually, this is an interesting thing we get to talk about, because you're the one who played Basara, and I haven't played yes. a lot of Basara. Usually, mm -hmm. Kenshin is presented in what way, Sardo? Um, very, very, like, Bishonen. Uh, a Bishonen Bishonen devotee of Bishamonten. <laughs> yeah. Usually, Kenshin, for some reason, I don't know why this is a, exactly a thing is very femme in a lot of the stuff he appears in. Yeah, because it's it's either a thing of Kenshin was like a very beautiful effeminate man or Kenshin was straight up a woman. <laughs> but, I am going to be contractually obligated to myself not to complain about pop theories on history for the next two hours. Yeah, well, again, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it in, in another episode. <laughs> Real history is coming. You thought these brain worms were just about fictionalized version of people? Ha <laughs> ha! You're you wrong. Fools. fools, all of you. <laughs> but yeah, but here, but... he's just a guy. Yeah. He's just, just a dude. <laughs> he likes to drink, he likes to fight, and he scowls at all hours. And he is known as the god of war because he's that good at fighting. Oh yeah. Everyone loves a guy who's good at swinging a large sword. With and one... he was also portrayed as one of my favorite dog breeds in um, Oda Cinnamon Nobunaga, the one where they're all dogs. <laughs> Kenshin was a Borzoi. I thought that was neat. It is. Joining him... Should we... Who do we want to go with next of these next three people? <laughs> Talk about his sister. You want to introduce Aya to the world? <laughs> Aya, my my sweet beloved queen. Um, Aya is fucked up. Aya is scary. <laughs> We're not sure what's wrong with her, but it is something. Um, Aya is like kind of part of this growing trend of like newer Koei women, where like they're they're. They're kind of, like, soft-spoken and, like, you know, outwardly pleasant, but just absolute sadists. Um, Aya takes that up a notch, because we, we had, we had uh, Chunhua in Dynasty Warriors 8. And we have Aya now, and Aya is scary. <laughs> Aya is scary in the sense um, that she'll say something to you that's utterly unhinged. She's the type of girl you meet at a party. He's like, oh, she's very pretty. She's, yeah, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. She's pretty. She's soft-spoken. And then she says, I want to see the backside of your eyeballs. <laughs> and 
you ask, how does one respond to that? You don't. You you just don't. Yeah, this this is the girl who like kept her son's baby teeth to make a necklace out of it. She's that she's that type. Well, that's not something I'm thinking about. <laughs> but Aya is um she's probably the most deranged lady in in the entire cast and I love her very much. She's, she's so fun. Maybe one of Koei the, of, of the warrior side of Koei, mind you, because we're not going to touch the Tecmo side anytime soon. Nope. Not yet. We'll talk about Jared Alive at some point. Yes. But Aya is un, is maybe one of their most unhinged women, period. <laughs> like, when you think about it, like, who's more unhinged than her? Wang Yi? <laughs> Well, I don't think, because, like, Wang Yi at least has a reason to be upset. Exactly. And she's focused. That's the difference. Like, Wang Yi is unhinged, but, like, she was made unhinged. Like, Wang Yi is, is just... traumatized. Aya is just like that. Exactly. <laughs> Aya's just that person. She was just born this way. We don't understand. No one knows why. And then we have um, the other other Uesugi here, our our sweet boy Kagekatsu Uesugi, Henshin's adopted son, and Aya's actual son. You'd think, yes. oh god, he's also fucked up. No, he's the most normal one here. He just doesn't talk much. He's he's a very sweet kind of like. He he looks he looks like a bruiser. He's got like this big ass sword. He's got like this. Like, he looks like he was made out of concrete. I mean, he is a bruiser. Just only on the field of battle. But but he's actually a very, like, kind of timid and, like, well-mannered young man. Yeah. And is absolutely mortified by his mother. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone else. And you, you can't blame him. <laughs> He's a large, kind man, very family oriented. He's he's a sweet boy. That he is. And then there's one more, and he's the dumbest one here. Ah, uh, yes. Our our our. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm gonna let you introduce him. You deserve Kanetsugu Nawe. The, the warrior who fights for love. Literally wears it on his helmet. Yes, he, he does have the, the kanji for love on his helmet. <laughs> and it's real, too. That That's a real thing. That was a thing that existed. <laughs> <laughs> but Kanetsugu is... He's a golden retriever. Mm-hmm. It's really the best way to describe him if you think about it. And Aya is very mean to him. <laughs> mm-hmm. But in a loving way. Which, because this is Aya, is still terrifying. We we fear and respect Aya. 
<laughs> uh, Kanetsugu is just... He's very stupid. <laughs> he's like... Ah, yes, let's do this for the right reasons, and only the right reasons, and we'll never do anything wrong with our lives. Oh, God, I've committed a war crime. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> it's okay, Kanesugu. There was no war crimes back then. Free crime was a war crime. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Now, let's see who else. Okay, where do we want to go to next? I feel like this is time that we talk about one of our Kyushu idiots. Yes, let's let's well, talk let's, about... Let's uh, talk about the jocks. Talk about the jocks. So, Kyushu is one of the interesting parts of this whole excursion, because the Sengoku Jidai as a whole is everyone fighting everyone at one point. Mm-hmm. Which means, while you have all these main characters over here, you have these other smaller factions on the other side of the country being like, fuck you, no, fuck you, no, fuck you. <laughs> and then they start slapping each other. And that starts with, of course, the, the case of the Shimizu and the Tachibana trying to kill each other. As violently and as somehow not extra while being extra as possible. And we love them. They're, they're that era's Hatfields and the McCoys. <laughs> the Hatfields and the McCoys are... And I guess we, we can talk about the main two since they are a married couple technically. Um... Ginshio Tachibana and Munushige. They they are married. Um, their marriage is somehow always strained in every form of media they're in, no matter how much they're depicted as loving. And um, they're somehow, despite being married, but feel like beards for each other. <laughs> I mean, they're they're definitely beards. <laughs> well, this, this is mostly because Jinchio comes off as a as like the biggest lesbian in the in the cast by accident. She's, I I think she's the most butch girl there by a wide margin. Yeah, like, okay, so we're gonna have to establish something you haven't seen what these characters look like, which is totally fine. Um, I suggest we should probably said this at the start. Get out a cheat sheet of all the characters so you know who we're talking about. Yes. We should have said that, like, 50 minutes ago. <laughs> Oops. Sorry, but she's, by Koei standards, by warrior standards, she's very butch. Yeah, she's got, like, full suit of armor, kind of, like, shorter hair, if it wasn't big old for, sword. If it wasn't for her very nice lips, and, like, that's, like, a... And when we say lips, she got lips. <laughs> she's she's very pretty. It's not that... And my lip... I, I mentioned the lips because it's, like, no other character in the game has, like, as prominently large lips as she does. Yeah, she's she's got some luscious lips. Yeah. 
I was gonna say a different thing, and I felt like, no, it's too early to go that, that crass. <laughs> Despite the fact that we're over an hour into this one podcast. I, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> yeah, you. if you know, you know. If you don't, uh, congratulations. Stay that way, please. <laughs> proud of you. <laughs> we're proud of you for other reasons. And then there are her, her, there's her husband, Munashige. He's pretty. He's, he's a guy. <laughs> he's, he's, a han- he's a classic, like handsome guy we don't really care much about him yeah Uh, he's he's just kind of there (laughs) we don't hate him or anything but i actually honestly now that i think about it a lot of the personality in this whole thing comes from his wife more than than anything he really does yes at least personality wise (laughs) which is just really funny like here's this here here's this whole conflict of four people and ninety percent of the personality of it comes from, on one faction comes from the wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a good little lesbian that she is. She is. We love and support her. On the other end, <laughs> we have the Shimazu Christians. A lot of them. Oh great, the Christians are here. <laughs> <laughs> specifically there's yoshihiro and toyahisa yoshihiro is these older bruiser of a man he's an older gentleman very smart he's the devil is the devil shimizu himself he likes cats yeah he likes cats his, his official art shows him with a bunch of cats we think he's neat and then there's and then... his nephew <laughs> toyahisa Toyohisa. Okay, so Toyohisa as presented in-game is young, brash, stupid, and shouts all the time. He is he is the hot-bloodedest of hot-blooded samurai you're gonna get, and the thing he's most famous for, if you're gonna look him up online, is just note he is very popular amongst gay men, and there's a lot of porn of him. Toyohisa is he's he's fit he's buff he's always showing off his arms um and specifically he's cute he's he's the kind of boy that was made to wear a jock strap oh god this this is the fifth time you and I have ended up when talking about Toyohisa have mentioned the phrase jock strap (laughs) It's it's a very integral part of his character. Yeah, for he is cute jock boy, which means he's just. It, it, this one was for the gays. I don't know if T- Koei Tecmo did that on purpose, but it ended up for the gays anyway. They, they if that was their goal, they did a great job. They knocked it, it out of the park. If it wasn't their goal, they still did a great job because he. I like him. Yes. <laughs> he, he, Me too. He's a, he's kind of like an he's described literally in game as an adorable puppy, of a person. And, and he is. And he is, and it's an accomplishment. But it's just really funny because like looking him up on any image site is like a minefield of it's only a matter of time before you see him in just the jock strap. It it's like playing Russian roulette but with penises. <laughs> the only difference is instead of one being a penis in the chamber of this gay gun it's all of them and only one of them is the safe for work one (laughs) (laughs) 
safe for work penis. I've never heard that one before. I mean, I guess if you're like a medical professional. Probably. I mean, but, but I've, I've had to have it be checked for hernia. I had to turn my head and cough. Eh, fair enough. But, but hey, and I don't have our... hernias, and that's important. <laughs> Proud of you. Glad for that. Yeah, me too. But that's the point. The, the, these these are basically a bunch of jocks. One's older jock. One's um a butch jock. One of them is the high school quarterback, and one of them is very much the one that all the gay guys want. And they yes. fight against each other until eventually they don't. And then they do. And then they don't again. And I'm pretty sure their favorite sport is um the the thing the Voros twins do where they throw a brick back and forth to each other. <laughs> Anything that involves pumping iron. <laughs> yes. Uh, the other small-ish faction to just get out of the way real quick is all the weird shit happening in Chicago. Yes. Um, which is just... Here's Wonderwall, which is Motochika... Oh, what's his last name? Uh, Chosokabe. Thank you. Motochika Chosokabe and whatever the fuck he's up to. He's kind of... Despite being in this game for years, since like at least two, I believe. He's kind of the weird odd man out. Yeah, he's kind of off doing his own thing. Um, It seems like... Sengoku Media is never quite sure what to do with Motochika aesthetics-wise. Like, in Basara, he's a pirate. Here, he's, like, this visual K dude with a shamisen. <laughs> Still kind of piratey, though. Yeah, a little bit. I like a little bit. Just a little bit. It's pretty yeah, good good design here. I, I like the high ponytail for him. No, I, I like his design. He's very neat. I, he, he's one of the many warriors characters with a stupid weapon that isn't really a weapon but that's okay yes but like the problem is with him for all of his like interesting and like kind of fun personality they just never know what the, there's just nothing they can do with him because historically chosokabe just kind of won yeah <laughs> like he, he won the island of shikaku and then but was allied to much bigger players until other stuff happened we'll get there <laughs> See, he's, you know, as DJ Khaled once said, he's suffering from success. Yeah. So, in 4, they added a new character for him to interact with because they kind of realized he doesn't have a lot to do. Mm -hmm. So, they added a girl named Kashosho who is dancing to ABBA. And Kashosho was kind of a polarizing figure when she, uh, when was... she came out because... yeah. She's, she's got, like, uh, she's very disco. Um, very disco. She's got big pink hair. Uh, looks like she's about very to, much. Not wearing very much. Looks like she's about to go to the club to get laid or do drugs or both mm -hmm. at the same time. She was, historically, she was one of Motochika's concubines. Uh, though, allegedly, she was apparently much older than him, so a cougar. Um gave birth to one of his sons and one of his daughters neat but yeah she's kind of his rival in all of this because he needed somebody to argue with i guess mm -hmm. <laughs> like part of the problem is, is you're going to notice with the with with one the next example we're going to use is the only other one who doesn't really go up against anyone in specific like you have uh the shimizu versus the Shingen versus Kenshin. 
Kenshin and Shingen versus the Hojo versus each other. Or Oda Nobunaga against literally everyone who's ever met him. <laughs> yeah. But Motochika's like, oh, I got Shikaku. All right, I'm good. <laughs> and then nothing happens. And you're just like, oh. So instead, here's the Disco Queen to deal with your rock star bullshit. And she was very popular in the West, not so much in Japan. Yeah. The the, the Western fans were like, fuck yeah, give us this weird disco queen with her pink ass hair and insane look. And, everyone, and Japan was like, I don't know. Not sure about that. This might be one step too far for us. She's neat. I like her. She's kind of she's, a bitch. She's very fun. She's kind of a bitch in the fun way. Yeah. Like, she's nice to people she likes. Everyone else, uh, you're getting sassed. The other smaller-ish faction that's important because the person involved is really famous, but they don't do a whole lot, is the Date with Date Masamune. And, And Date Masamune is probably, like, one of the most, like, recognizable historical figures because like i don't know you see him in a lot and he's got an eye patch and a really cool helmet he might be one of the most famous samurai of all time like he's very famous if if you've seen a samurai with an eye patch and a like a giant moon on his on his helmet that's that's date masamune he founded the city of sendai so that's and that's a major city in japan so that's kind of very important (laughs) His mom was allegedly kind of fucked up and evil. Um, might have had something to do with him losing his eye. Uh, Date, Date and Samurai Warriors is, um, he's he's kind of a brat. He's he's a little guy. He's just a little guy. He's just a little guy. Just um, a very angry previous, little guy. In in previous installments, he was kind of portrayed as like being being very young. Um. Quite literally, I, I like, think... 12 and... Yeah. Okay, uh, so, he... the reason for that, just so we're clear, is by the time Date Masamune is entering the fight me mode, um, mm-hmm. most of the important stuff that happens in this time period has already happened. Yes. Like, literally, several key players that cause things to happen are dead by the point he starts doing anything. So he's kind of the the. It's funny that he's so famous because he's the latest latecomer here. Yeah, it's kind of hilarious. Um, he his uh, Koei Wiki uh entry lists his age as fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> Character ages in these things are just. Um, he he does he does age with with the the later series, so obviously he doesn't stay fourteen. But yeah, that's when he first showed up. Yeah. But the point is, he is a he's a short king who's very angry all the time, yells at everyone, and goes pew 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 pew. He's got a gun, and he shows up, and in four they gave him his key retainer. Kojiro, not Kojiro, Kojuro, that's with a U. Yes. And he's the, the, the Date Steward, and he's 
He's got glasses. He's kind of like Date's butler a little bit. Butler, caretaker, babysitter, smart guy to keep him from doing stupid shit. Boyfriend, depending on who you're asking. <laughs> uh, not us, honestly. I don't yeah, think, I, I don't I, see I, it. I, I don't see it. Kojiro Katakura. <laughs> yeah. He's neat. I like him. Um, Kojiro, Kojiro and Aya don't like each other very much. They are very mean to each other. Um, there are two catty queens going at each other, and it's hilarious. <laughs> yes. And, and we like Kojiro to. plays the flute. Yeah. They're neat. Uh, once again, this is the last really small important faction, because everyone else here is just more individualized specifics. <laughs> yeah. Though... The Date are usually, specifically Masamuni, is usually somehow associated with the trash man himself, so we might as well discover him now. Magoichi Saika. <laughs> Who represents three different people, kind of. Yes, because um, Magoichi was technically a title. Um, it was sort of a, a passed-down title from person to person. So, um, Magoichi was... Uh, Rifleman, mercenary, and here he is a womanizer. Or trying to be a womanizer. Not not very successful. <laughs> he probably is more successful than we think. Yeah, but but he he, he doesn't have a very good track record. <laughs> He's, he doesn't have a good track record with any character you care about. Yeah. But he is the leader of the Psyka Renegades, loves freedom and women, and he was hired historically to fight for um, the Ikoiki to uh, defy Nobunaga. That didn't go well. Um. It does not. But th th the point is, it's one of those things where he's he's one of the early, like, original characters from the first game. He shows up all the time. He's yeah. very trashy. He's 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 a sleaze bag. He's a sleazy guy. He's fun. We love him. We love him a lot. Because he has a surprising amount of emotional moments. <laughs> it's very odd. Yeah, it's like he's he's kind of a goofy character for a lot of stuff, but he also gets some of, like, the darker moments in the games. Or the sadder moments, like... He's kind of the one character that's, like... Him being around is kind of, like... The moment when you realize, like, oh, this stopped being, like, the fun times a while back. <laughs> jazz music stops. <laughs> the jazz stops. The behind-the-music, like, negative portrait comes up. He lost all his friends. Everyone he knows is dead. She's the last Magoichi. one left. Magoichi was having a good time until he wasn't. <laughs> and it happens often. <laughs> but we, we love him. Yeah, we love him. He's fun. And he's usually, it's like if he's not the butt of a joke, because Koei understands that he's a very trashy man and it's funny. Mm. He gets, uh, he gets surprisingly sad moments. He does. He's, he's an ocean and contains multitudes. Surprisingly. 
On the other end of the spectrum, uh, we have a completely different character. And uh, well, I guess we'll just cover sort of the Wanderers real quick because there's only yes. so many of them. This game doesn't have like 20 of them, we promise. <laughs> um, we'll start with Musashi and Kojiro because they're kind of, they don't really do a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, they're they're kind of in the background. They show up occasionally. They don't neat. do a whole lot. In fact, I don't think they appear in the story mode at all. I don't think they do. They, they only appear in the Chronicle mode because a lot of their lives happens after the Sengoku period ends in general. And they were just those two dudes who had beef. Yeah, they just had beef. Fought each other. Uh, Koshiro got killed by an ore, <laughs> according to legend. Very sad. <laughs> it, it was a sad time for all. Except for Musashi, who did not die, so he was probably pretty cool with it. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm not dead, so I'm not going to be that upset about it. Um, they're sword boys. They fight things. They're neat. They're dating, probably. They're definitely dating. Uh, then there's Akuni. Oh, Akuni. The founder of Kabuki Theater. Akuni is... She Interesting. In, she lives in your walls. <laughs> she, she like I, is kind of one of those girls that, like, absolutely gorgeous, very graceful, very, like, mysterious. And then she approaches you, and she just says something completely unhinged. And then she drifts away. <laughs> uh... But she's, she's good. We like her. Yeah, she's good. She's also much like... Unlike Maguichi, who does a lot throughout the story, because the Psycho mercenaries actually did a lot of stuff, uh, they just show up from time to time. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's all you need to know about these two. <laughs> that's, that's who she is. That's who she is. That's who they are. Uh, KG will just cover with Yoda, because that's convenient. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see, shall we, who do we move on to next? I guess we should just start talking about the Oda, because that leads to everybody else. Mmm, <laughs> alright. Here, here it comes, this is the large faction, because it you also are... contains the sub-factions that break out further from here. You, you might have heard of this guy, um, not, you know, didn't really make that much of a name for himself, little obscure historical figure called Oda Nobunaga. Didn't really do much, just, um, I don't know. <laughs> Where do you begin with Nobunaga? <laughs> uh, easy. Uh, Oda Nobunaga is maybe the most famous samurai of this time period. I think that's fair to say. Yes. Um he did he did a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, so he's one of what is known as the three unifiers who helped reunify Japan after the whole oops, we voted too hard on our phones and now the land is split apart. That is a <laughs> that's a video reference from for Bill Worst. You're welcome. <laughs> I I use a vote now on our on your phones all the time. <laughs> but uh 
Here, he, instead of being a violent weirdo, is most is a violent weirdo, but extra weird. <laughs> Do you want to describe He's... him, or should I? Oda Nobunaga is not like other girls. <laughs> <laughs> Understatement of the century right there. Um... He's all like all black suit of armor, big red cape with like this huge pointed collar. Um, very very deep deep voice with Yo, this around cackling like a weirdo. Very interesting vocal cadence, <laughs> and and you you never hear him yell. You you never hear him really raise his voice. He's he, like he the only time he like he gets loud in the sense like he needs to tell someone a command, but he's never someone to go like like shout at someone. He's he's very weirdly composed, and he and he is spoopy. He's very spoopy, <laughs> and he's he's interesting because he's he's kind of like. Typically, a lot of Sengoku Jidai stuff portrays Nobunaga as, like, the big bad, the evil guy. Because, historically, he did some really not great shit in the name of seeing his vision through. He was um, the perfect example of what happens when somebody decides, why don't I just use incredible violence? Yeah. And, and he did. He used incredible violence. He killed lots of people he burned down i think at least one um one temple um lots and lots of people died and it was nobunaga's fault you know considering his, his, he claimed to be related to the tyra clan this temple burning thing is something that happens a lot in our podcast i think it runs in the family it, it, apparently it, it runs in the family <laughs> Who would have guessed? is also interesting because there's other facets of his personality that we get to see. Um, he's he's got like a real passion for the arts. He like he loves music and dance. Um, he's you know the the famous bit with him performing the Atsumori. Um, he's, he's weird. <laughs> And and he's he's very much like his his own dude. He's so so unbothered what other mm -hmm. people think of him or his methods that you know it's like well you know you you want to destroy me then try to strike me down you know I I encourage it go ahead and, and uh, yeah it happens quite and, a bit it's it's a it, it, and we'll we'll get more into that but there's Nobunaga who is so interesting and and then you have his wife nohime who we talked about a little bit um nohime is a severe hottie for one thing um she they she is the other half of this this evil goth married couple um was originally betrothed to nobunaga and her dad like put through this like you know plan to like kill nobunaga and that she would have carried out she failed obviously but but there's always this thing of like she's still kind of trying to murder her husband but like in in like a fun way <laughs> yeah in a way that might actually just be foreplay for the two of them yes maybe 
maybe. <laughs> we're not sure. We're we're afraid to ask. Yeah, but they're fun. They're both basically the we like your vibe couple, but they mean it, and not and it's not just creepy. Yes, it is weird though. They, well, because they're weird inherently. Yeah. The, the Oda as a faction is kind of just weird. <laughs> they're the weirdo gothen theater kids of this group. <laughs> they're 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 a gaggle of freaks and also Mitsuhide, <laughs> <laughs> who is also a freak who matches them, but really wished he didn't. <laughs> yes, which is a good way to explain <laughs> your favorites. Since I mean, we we might as well just go into it because we just talked right. about it. <laughs> Um, one Matsunaga Hisa Hide, <laughs> my, uh, your my favorite character. Your paramour in Samurai my, Wars. Me, me novio. <laughs> um, He's a very uh, silly man. Matsunaga Hisa Hide was known historically for being somebody who kind of joined up with Nobunaga's forces, like, out of out of convenience because they they shared a common enemy at the time and then Hisahide started doing some real sketchy backstabby shit and he tried several times to um to defy Nobunaga and to basically betray him and every time he failed and eventually um on his last try Nobunaga's like listen I'll forgive you if you give me your favorite teapot because Hisahide was like very talented with with making tea and all the accoutrements of that and 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 this probably didn't actually happen but it's funnier if we say it did um as with most things a story goes as the that, story goes and it's probably better than what actually happens so we're going with that one Yes, but Hisahide took his beloved tea kettle, Hiragumo, that, that Nobunaga wanted in exchange for his life, um, and he filled it with dynamite, and he blew himself up with with the tea kettle. Because and and that happens. As you do. And that happens here in Samurai Warriors. It's great. It's it's super cool. And um, the best part about it is he blows himself up. He makes his big show. He's like, fuck you! <laughs> I'm, I'm exactly taking my own sounds. destiny in my hands. He blows up and nobody's like, bitch. <laughs> Doesn't get affected at all and just walks away. And, and and before I talk about like why I really love the dynamic he and Nobunaga have, Matsunaga Hisahide is a freak show. Um here here in four, he is um Google him. He, he he looks absurd and I can't even be begin to describe. He he looks like like a spirit Halloween threw up all over him. <laughs> uh, and he, he looks he looks so bad. <laughs> he looks so silly. I mean everyone does, but he looks extra silly. He's not super popular, which is why he's the absolute favorite of one Sardo M Sardoman. <laughs> Yes, that that is my name. Don't dox me, Strauss. <laughs> um, he is my favorite Barbie, and I will chew on its feet until it has only nubs left. <laughs> no, until it's it's sharp and pointy. That too. Um, but my favorite thing about Hisahide is his relationship with Nobunaga, because um, in four, um, 
Hisihide and Nobunaga battle first of all and Hisihide is captured and you get this cutscene where he's like sitting like with his with his hands bound in front of Nobunaga and he's like you know kill me now I defy you I would you know I'd rather die than serve you and Nobunaga just cuts the ropes holding him and he goes this should be fun I'm gonna and, take and, him home and and Hisihide is like I love the voice acting job because he sounds like he's on the verge of tears <laughs> He's, he's he's furious like how dare you i defy you i defy you fuck you fuck you and the horse you rode in on and nobunaga's just like lol <laughs> you're funny and it's just so I funny like their, their, their dynamic is basically a man who hates the other person with a passion and the other guy who just thinks he's hilarious you're silly. I'm keeping you. <laughs> Which is also to say the other members of the Oda are not exactly known for their being incredibly normal men. <laughs> none just, of them are. None of them are innocent. Definitely men. not innocent men. Because and just, and so let's start. Well, with, well. Go ahead. <laughs> let's start with an obvious one. We'll start with Toshie Mieda, the sanest one here. <laughs> Who lives a long time. Toshie Maeda. Known wife guy. Known twonk. <laughs> known, yep, wife guy, twonk. Noted weirdo. Cousin of Keiji Maeda, who was uh, Kabuki Mono, I believe. Yeah. Basically, his, his cousin or nephew, I'm not entirely sure which one it is. <laughs> they, they get kind of confused with them. <laughs> I don't know which one it exactly is. The point is their family. Well, Keiji's the wild one. He's the more normal one. Yeah. And that, that's why we're starting with him. He's normal. We like him. He's neat. Um, He's famously the reason why the Battle of Sekigahara happens because he died. <laughs> the one thing keeping he, the land together for like a brief year is one guy because he had seniority. <laughs> Everyone's like... Oh, I can't do it while Toshie is alive. That would just be mean. Yeah, that's just cruel. Wait, he's dead? Oh, well, fuck that. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he is a very important retainer to several very key... To two of the three unifiers, and... He's neat. We like him. He's a sweet boy. His mentor is one Katsui Shibata, who is both dad and mom. He's he's a very sad man. It's very, he's a sad man, and he wishes to be anywhere else but here. He just wants to be sitting at home, crocheting some tea cozies. Depression be damned, though. My man can work a grill. <laughs> Damn straight. We also think he's neat. We do. He also has, like, a voice that sounds like it hurts to talk like. Yes. Like, uh, if, if sandpaper was a voice... And Japanese. It's, it's, it's very gravelly. Oh yeah, this, this, uh, this game, these game, the Samurai Warriors games don't get dubs, by the way, so don't ask this about the dub. It, the only one that got dubbed was three. <laughs> but the Japanese voice cast is magnificent, so. Yes. <laughs> um, and I guess while we're talking about backstabbers, um, let's talk about uh, one Akechi Mitsuhide. Akechi Mitsuhide, proving that... <laughs> Anyone named Akechi in things is usually a traitor son of a bitch. 
Here, Mitsuhide's like kind of the one normal one of the group. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm just here for the aesthetic. He's just he's just a dad. <laughs> yeah, he's just a normal dad. He just wants the bad stuff to stop happening, and bad stuff keeps happening. And then he he's decides like, to betray oh. Nobunaga, and it doesn't really work out well in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> out well for anybody he's like he's very pleasant very like straight laced and like polite and like you you kind of wonder it's like why the hell are you here and the thing is he's like the only one who uses a normal katana like he's the most like normal person in this entire game and normally that would mean we don't like him in any yeah. or we just kind of ignore him but the point is he's the normal one surrounded by all these fucking freaks <laughs> So... And, and he's like, he's funny because he's so incredibly like nice, yeah, and decent. So when he betrays Nobunaga, it's kind of a surprise. But you can't really blame him either because like we see Nobunaga getting like worse and worse and like more violent, which is kind of his thing. Yeah, it's what he does. Yeah, but he's fun. He has a daughter named. Okay, so I'm not sure if it's Gracia or Gracia. We're not sure. It, uh, you you hear a little bit of both. Yeah. It might be both, which is the yeah. difficult part. We like her, too. She's a precious little angel, and Koei stopped putting her in sexy outfits. And, and thank God for that. Please, like, stop, stop putting her in sexy outfits, Koei. You know? You put her in cute outfits, though. You, yes. you, you put her in a swimsuit, that's fine. She's old enough to wear a swimsuit. And we can be like, ah, like, look, there goes our daughter. She's going to the swimming hole. But, like, don't, don't, like, the the, the devil outfit. Hisahide should be wearing that. <laughs> that fits him. Now, you put it on, no, we're going to be like, thank you. That, yes. that, that's worth it. Keep putting no in sexy outfits. She, she dresses sexy to begin with. You can keep doing that. <laughs> she purposely does it. She, she's allowed to be sexy. Gracia, too young. Sweetheart, yeah. though. She's, she's baby. Leave, leave her alone. She, she has Christian magic powers. <laughs> she has the power of God and anime on her side. That's not a joke. That, that, <laughs> that, that, that's, that, that's how the, that's how that's what she does. She uses magic Christ powers. Historically, she was known for having converted to Christianity. And yes, yeah, she shoots laser beams out of her hands in the, the game. Is this offensive? Probably. Do we care? No. It's it's interesting. <laughs> On the other end of the spectrum, uh, let's see, is there any other Oda retainers we need to discuss? Oh yeah, there is one, and we missed a very obvious and clear, easy one. Mm. Shorts McGee. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Take me away, little shorts. <laughs> um, famously, Nobunaga had a page boy named Mori Ranmaru. He was... A young lad of 18 when he when Hinochi happened, which means he died. Famously so. Once again, if you die coolly, you get remembered forever. So, if you're gonna, so, so that's the goal. So remember, folks, if you want to be remembered forever in history, die in a really sick-ass fa fashion for your lord, and usually people are pretty down with that. Do like a skateboard trick or something. Yeah. Die doing the sickest kickflip of all time. But Ron Maru is, is, um, 
unhealthily devoted to Nobunaga. <laughs> I mean, he died in service of his lord, so you, you, he didn't live long enough to have much more of a personality in his adult life. <laughs> but he's cute. He cute. He's a cute boy who does cute things. Very femme. Very. He's he's the ultimate. Like this is a cute boy. Often mistaken for a girl, much to his pretty. chagrin. Despite the fact that he wears very obviously shorts. You'd think people would use and the it, pants rule here, but, uh, you know. Apparently not. Yeah. Not not when you're that pretty. Yeah. But, you know, he's a very light character. He's, he's popular. We like him. He's adorable. Yes. He's, he's a cute boy. We 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 believe in putting him in progressively tighter and shorter shorts. Who wears short shorts? He does, and they get shorter per entry. In fact, the shorts is a huge part of his design by like purpose. <laughs> like quite literally, they they have stated the character design team basically went no no. It's it's a feature, not a bug. It is very much a feature. Um, that's all the Oda people who aren't, who don't get their own fashion. So we're going to briefly go through those two guys. <laughs> we'll start with our, with Rat Boy. Uh, but historically known, um, for being called a bald rat by Oda Nobunaga. <laughs> In a letter to his, to his wife, not Nobunaga's wife, to Hideyoshi's wife, he stated, Hey, hey, your husband's a bald rat. You deserve better. <laughs> and, but, uh, yeah. Toyotomi Hideyoshi uh, started out life as a peasant. He was dirt poor and had absolutely nothing. And uh, hitched his wagon to the Oda. Which was incredibly good idea because he would eventually rise to the become literally the most powerful man in the country. Yeah. Honestly, very just very good wagon hitching. Maybe like plus wagon maybe <laughs> history's best wagon hitcher, like ever. Like that, that I, like go from literally like piss poor peasant to most powerful man in the country. I don't know how many people can claim they actually did that. We we love to see a king prosper. Unfortunately, while Hideyoshi is a short king, he's not much of a king. <laughs> no, he's not. He's uh he's friends with Magoichi, which means he makes bad choices. Yes. Um, <laughs> Samurai Warriors Hideyoshi um, is very fond of women women who he is not married to <laughs> which is insane because he's married to like a 10 it's like Nene who's like beautiful and kind and loving got big boobs even like, it's like you know what One more. Your, your wife looks like that what, what more can you ask for a helicopter. But those haven't been uh, invented yet. And that's the sad Yeah. <laughs> but And she's a ninja. She is... She's a ninja too in this. <laughs> and she's cool, but but Hideyoshi's kind of a scumbag. Like he's, he's like sleazy. He's, he's a dirtbag. He's fun and he's like spirited and he's like ambitious, but he's also a dirtbag. He's also a monkey. He is a monkey. He's a monkey. <laughs> 
He's based after Sung Wukong, which in Wars of Richie, which Sung Wukong shows up, it's usually played for jokes. Yes. They make the jokes like, huh. Whoever goes, well, I see then. Monkey. <laughs> Monkey. He's fun. We like him. <laughs> we also, we, he's the character we love and slander a lot. Much like Magawishi, we make fun of him a lot, but it's out of love. It is. It's it's affectionate roasting. Yeah. But we genuinely very much love his wife, Nene, who yeah. is perfect and has never done anything wrong ever in her life. She is mom and she is good mom. Best mom. Yeah. She's a good mom and everyone loves her. So you got you got that and you've got kind of Hideyoshi's main three boys that work beneath him. Um Mitsunari Ishida is probably the most well-known one. Very popular with the fandom. Very um, popular, very pretty, um, autistic as hell. I, I was gonna say, yes, he's he is an autistic king. Um, represent. He's he is a mean, mean, cynical bastard. And I do enjoy that about him. <laughs> we do like him. He's just very, very popular and gets a lot of exposure. And people complain about him not getting enough exposure, which we're just like, excuse you. It's like, pardon me for being a bitter Betty, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we think he's neat. He's not our favorite, yeah. but we think he's neat. He calls everybody idiots. In fairness, this considering the two are. people he's usually associated associated with and the two people he usually feuds with he is by far the smartest of all five of them by a yes. very wide 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 margin <laughs> when you're like best friends with yukimura and kanetsugu yeah they're dumb <laughs> they're very dumb and when you're feuding with kiyomasa and masanori who are also very dumb <laughs> but masanori we love yeah because masanori is like He's got kind of like the delinquent look going. They 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 specifically designed him like a classic delinquent Yankee delinquent aesthetic like pompadour, pompadour. The the way he talks, the hot bloodedness. But you yeah. know, he's also the one with the heart of gold because of course he is. He's baby. Yeah, he's, he's my baby. baby. And this also leads to the fact that he also shacks up Mitsunari also shacked up with Sakon, who we also like, who is Smart, cool guy. Got nice sideburns. Yes. He's neat. Cool, cool old dude. Cool old dude. Um, yeah, really, that is his personality, isn't it? Cool older guy. Good personality to have. Hell yeah. Just need to mention really quick, he 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 worked with like five factions, so. Yes. Sakon was like, he was getting that bag. He was doing a lot. Man was getting that bag so often. It's like, you know what? Good on him. We respect the hustle. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. We don't care about Kiyomasa, so we're not going to talk about him much. He exists. Kiyomasa sucks. <laughs> he he is serious, serious man, and that's about all we're going to say. He's stinky. <laughs> <laughs> We are, on the other hand, going to have to talk about the two Toyotomi strategists, specifically Kanbei and Hanbei, who are those two guys. Hanbei's fun. Hanbei's, like, very small and cute and, like, sickly. Though we, we learn later that Hanbei is dying. Yeah. 
But my favorite thing about Hanbei is that he's a sassy little bastard. He's a sleepy bastard who also is also in turn incredibly sassy. Yes, he's he's a little smart ass. He's fun. Yeah, he's good. And then you have Kanbei, who is scary. <laughs> yeah, he's the scary one who dresses in dark colors, looks like death on purpose. <laughs> his, his weapon is a mysterious orb. <laughs> of dark, disturbing powers. Kanbei's favorite pastime is sitting up contemplating the orb. <laughs> <laughs> it's neat. They're neat. We like them. They're not... The, the 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 tragedy of that is about Hanbei dying. Yes. Though eventually Hanbei is replaced in Kanbei's weird lack of friend circle with Kobiakawa. Takakage, who was the son of Motonari Mari Mori, uh, spelled different. Who was another guy who is mostly known for fighting over um, control of Chigoku. Yeah, very small and, and amounts having... of land. And eventually and allied. Had a shitload of kids. <laughs> yeah, had a shitload of kids. Most of them died. <laughs> as as was the fashion at the time. As was the style at the time. <laughs> Infant They're, mortality. The the Mori people are neat. They're they're eggheads. They're, they're, they're nerds. They're they're fun nerds. <laughs> Though Monari is like a relatively very nice guy. His son, Takakage, is a giant nerd. Very sweet boy. Perfectly locker-sized. <laughs> Perfectly locker-sized. <laughs> Easily shoved into a locker. And so, then, but on the other end, there is the final unifier, and that's Tokugawa Iyasu, who is dad. And we don't... And we should, when we say dad, we don't mean that in like a sexy way. He, he wears socks with flip flops. <laughs> he looks like somebody's dad. He does. If he wasn't short and round. He's, he's very much a father to his men. And those men are as followed. Honda. Tadakatsu. The Lu Bu of this game. He's he's the fuckinator five thousand. And unlike Lu Bu, he has self control, so therefore he doesn't die early. He he has a single brain cell, and he uses it. Yeah, he has a brain cell. He uses it, and therefore, unlike Lu Bu, he's less interesting because he's not a giant screaming weirdo. But. And he's also a dad of he's a daughter. Of a daughter who we like. Her name is Ino. She's neat. Good girl. Married she, to Nobuyuki. They have a nice marriage. Like like historically, they this was this political marriage went very well for both parties involved. Yeah. Like quite literally, when Ina died, Nobuyuki's like, My life sucks now. Mm. Sucks. Like quite literally, it's like the light of my life is gone. In fairness, he, like, outlived basically his entire family. I kind of get it. <laughs> yeah, that does suck. He died, like, at 95, and pretty much everyone he knew died before him. But, hey, they were actually apparently very much in love, which is not what you could say about most of these actual couples. 
one of them one of them got constantly cheated on uh nobunaga and no were whatever the fuck they were <laughs> um whatever the hell hell the beers were doing so yeah the fact that they were happily married is actually kind of rare and not common for noble peoples so yeah good, good on them. them yeah ina's fun she's very jockey like her father she uses a bow and arrow that's pretty cool yeah she's neat um the key other retainer for yasu is hanzo hattori or as he, as we like to say hi kiryu Nani. <laughs> Nani. <laughs> Yeah, um, Hanzo is voiced by the same guy who voices Cosmic Kiryu in Yakuza. It's very noticeable. It, it, it's the same voice, basically. Basically, yeah. Um, he's neat. He's a ninja. He, he's he's a ninja. Not not a whole lot to him other than that. And that's fine. The other, like, three ninjas in this game are all very weird, so... someone just one normal guy. You need one... Every, every single point, you need one person who's not a fucking weirdo. Yes. And, uh, the other one is... Oh. I'm, I'm gonna save her for a bit. <laughs> because we forgot to talk about Oichi. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Nobunaga also has a sister. <laughs> her name's Oichi. Her life can be best described as bad things keep happening to you and it's kind of not okay. <laughs> no, um, she had a husband. Um, her brother killed that husband because that husband rebelled and she chose to take the husband's side. Because she's um, nice that way. She's her a very nice girl. She's presented here as the nice girl. Everyone loves her. That includes people who are way too old for her. Several. Several yes. But, uh... First husband dies. Nagamasa aside, dies. And it's like, well, that sucked. You two seem to actually like each other. That marriage failed. Yep. And then she gets married to Katsui, of all people, which is weird. Somehow. Hey, I guess... I guess five was right when saying he was very fucky. Yeah, yeah, I mean he he kind of is. Yeah, there you go. See, he had two retainers. Uh, Takatoro Toto. He looks like a cyborg zero zero nine character. He does. I which great reference visually. Don't care much about him. He's not very but... interesting. He's a neat design, but just not not really my cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then there's uh, uh, Yoshitsugo Otani. Yeah, Otani. He's he's a leper. The, the most handsome man with leprosy I've ever seen. <laughs> In fairness, you only see parts of his face, so we can't we can't speak for his bottom, his lower jaw. It'd be kind of cool if it was like. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's just the parts you see are the pretty parts. The rest of it is disgusting. <laughs> that would—that's pretty cool. That's what it looks like. He—he—he he, he looks gross except for the parts that he can show. 
Yeah, but he's he's kind of mysterious and weird and And he's a very go with the flow, like destiny type of guy. He's fine. He's alright. His daughter ended up marrying Yukimura Sonata in real life. That's neat. That's right. Kind of a very random thing here. Uh, th that's them. That's that's the Azai people, real quick. Uh, they had a Oichi and Nagamasa had a daughter named Chasha slash Lady Yodo. She gets she's important later. <laughs> Much later. She does. She does not have a great life. <laughs> yeah, but loses both of her parents, ends up marrying Hideyoshi, who's way too old for her. It's, it's, it's kind of gross the more you think about it. Don't think too yeah. hard on it. It gets worse. Yeah, it's it's best best not to think about it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. That was that characters. Uh, now that we're done with that little cul-de-sac we now have to talk about let's talk about the e ah uh, yes poor now torah <laughs> okay so if you've known us long enough then you know that our feelings of now torah have vastly evolved from her first appearance to now after like eight ish years we've decided actually no we like now torah just not the way she's treated by koei tecmo <laughs> we we can improve this we've decided mom core because that's yes. kind of what she is. Because she's give, a, give she's her a, a sweater. She's a wilting flower. But when she's with her uh, cousin slash adoptive son, because she had no heirs when she was, she's famously the E were fa okay. The E were famously retainers to the Imagawa Yoshimoto Imagawa, who in this is not the one in five. Sadly, he here is a short round man who likes to do things. And he likes to kick ball. <laughs> He likes to kick ball and not much else. He famously died thrusting Nobunaga into suddenly being the actually neat. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you get portrayed as a loser when you when the most famous thing you do is die at the most important battle of your life. The one you were supposed to win. That you failed Oops. miserably. Oops. <laughs> uh... Then they get swallowed up by the Tokugawa. Uh, but uh, now Tora's father dies at also at Okozama. Suddenly he had no son. So she's like, uh-oh, I'm suddenly in charge. Uh-oh, uh, uh-oh, uh. <laughs> and here's the thing. I know some people have complained in the past that why can't she be like the one Basura? Well, first off, Capcom would probably sue. They probably would. And also, the problem is, by the point now Tora showed up, uh, Jinchio already exists, so that's, like, already a slot taken. You can't... Yeah. So they decided to make her a wilting flower. Not a problem. And it, it makes sense. She's suddenly, like, a young person put into a position of power, and she's like, oh, shit, I wasn't trained for this. The the issue is that it's... It, it just... She's handled with a very male gaze kind of... um. The best it's... way to put it is that she is is presented as waifu bait. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is is that the game is not subtle about it. It's it's not. It's it's kind of gross the way it goes about it. Yeah, and it, it's a shame because other than that, she's not a bad character. She's mostly no. like 
the downside is that she was presented as this very like there there's all these things they did with her and it's not any of the good thing then what they actually did was none of the good things they could have done yeah we've decided was... that she should have a, sw- a nice comfy sweater and sweatpants and drink hot cocoa i think that's a lovely idea i agree she has her um, very standoffish cousin slash son, Nile Masa. Sons in. <laughs> I mean, she wa- he's his un- her uncle's son who was adopted as part of the main branch of the family so that it could keep it's going. Complicated. It's, not, it's complicated. It, it's, it's, it's power politics all the way down. He's a moody young man. He's a moody young man. He's shipped with Toyihisa all the time. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's all you really need to know about him. He's fine. I've grown to like him over time. You know, he's grown on me. He's grown on me because he's, like, all these, like, Tokugawa retainers are all like, we're all doing this for the greater good. Family. And he's like, family. Ugh. <laughs> They're all, ugh. And it's so much funnier because also all of his interactions with Naotora are nice, and I like those. He's he's very sweet to Naotora. It's like you're like my big sister caretaker thing. Is cute. And you call me by my embarrassing name. Please stop. It's like no, I will not. <laughs> and it's great. She never will. And then there's Munanori Yagyu. Uh, you know his son more than you know him. Works for Hisahide for a little bit. Uh, really good with sword. Has a pet monkey. Big jock. He's neat. Moving on. <laughs> not not a lot to say about him. We think he's neat. <laughs> he's, he's like just, he's a, a potato that we <laughs> held up and go. I think he's neat. <laughs> he's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Doesn't do a whole lot of super interesting things. This kind of keeps showing up. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Who else is left to cover? Oh, God. There's so many characters. Let's see. We covered all the Odo. We covered all the Tokugawa. Uh, I guess it doesn't. I, mean, I think that's kind of like the, the main cast. Yeah. And then there's everyone else. We, did, we didn't really cover the Hojo. We mentioned what they are, but we didn't really talk about them. So we might as well cover them very fast because this podcast this is our longest episode to date (laughs) (laughs) we'll never go to three hours everybody that's my one promise so let's but we like we we, like the hojo yeah we we have to do other things so real quick hojo uh he is dead he looks like solid snake (laughs) he he does blonde solid snake okay but specifically big boss solid snake yes because he's dad yes he, they have a ninja. His name's Kataro. He likes dogs, and he's a juggalo. And he talks about chaos all the time. He's very stretch. He's Stretch Armstrong. He is. He's he's a freak. Yeah. Um. Then there's their his his daughter Hayakawa. She's she's a sweetheart. She's she plays only, lacrosse. It's not actually lacrosse, but I don't know the actual Close name. Enough. Uh, we would say more about her, but she's only been in one game. <laughs> yeah, not not a whole lot going on there. 
Uh, then there's Kai. She's my favorite. She's the best girl here. Anyone who argues with me will die on sight. She's beautiful and she wrestles bears. She deserves happiness. She doesn't really get it. Yes. She has... She's very pretty. I mean, everyone here is very pretty, unless they're not meant to be. Point is, there's a lot of characters. We like all of them. And one of these days, we will... The part two of this podcast would be us talking about our insane ideas about them. Yes, this is a part one. I feel like that's fair to say. So? Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, this is suddenly two hours long. I We warned you. Last time we warned you, like, the Samurai Warriors version of this was going to get real bad. And we decided... And here we are. Here we are. We haven't even really covered all the things we wanted to talk about. We might do this next week for a part two to get it out of the way. Maybe. I don't know. We got, we got Milf Manor next week, but after, after oh, that... Oh, right. Yeah, that's... Oh, yeah, that's very true. Uh, yeah, coming attraction. Uh, we're going to have a special guest next week. Yes. My good friend Kimmy. Kimmy's going to be here to talk about Milf Manor, because I've never actually seen it. I'm just going to get this inflicted upon my person. You, you get to hear it all secondhand. <laughs> yeah, I, I will be here to be to keep the conversation going, and we promise that it won't be two hours. I think. <laughs> Maybe. Yes. But... I, I guess in conclusion, um, we like Samurai Warriors. If we if we weren't busy after this, we would just do did what we did last time we talked about Samurai Warriors and just start playing it and talk for another like five hours. Yes. Sadly, <laughs> we have things to do today. Yeah, we might do it later. It, it's not it's not out of the question. It's it's been fun talking about this. Um, I'm Sardo. You can find me over on Twitter at Autopsy Garlands, uh, on Twitch at Uncle Death. I am streaming on Mondays now. Um, I'll, doing I'll be there streaming. this coming Monday because I have nothing else better to do. Yeah. Uh, and that's Strauss. Uh, you can find Strauss at Almighty Strauss across the board, uh, mostly on Twitch, but all across the board, all the social media. I recently tweeted about how wrestle fan, wrestling fans have the best sports takes because they don't yes. get caught up in the bullshit. It's very true. But anyway, uh, you can also find this podcast now on stuff like RSS feed and Spotify, and not just on YouTube. But YouTube well, gets the better art. Everywhere. I don't know what the art's going to be for this one, but I know it's going to be weird. Yes, it's going to be good. <laughs> it's going to be good. Uh, with that said, everyone, thank you all for coming. This is the Skeleton Crew Podcast. We love it when you listen to our podcast. Like, comment, subscribe, or you can send us emails. Yeah. Skeleton Crew Podcast at gmail.com. You can submit stuff if you want. Or you can we're, submit... we're open to ideas. Or submit to us directly. We're we're not that. If you know if you know where we are, you can submit stuff to us directly. Point is, thank you all for listening. Uh we have to go do other things now. Because <laughs> usually we record this later at night, so when we have zero obligations, but today uh, we had to do it earlier. They, they are very obligation-filled days this yeah. day. Yeah, I had to go to the bank today. That is a evil. heavy obligation. Yeah, and and this well, time it actually worked out. So everybody, thank you all for coming. We will see you all next time. And uh, don't eat the yellow snow. I know, I know, I know it's summertime, but if you're somehow surrounded by snow, don't eat the yellow ones. Unless you did it yourself with like a snow cone. That's true. You can have the yellow snow cone. Because it's probably pineapple flavored. Or lemon. Both is good. I'm not sure about it at the same time, though. Yeah. A bit too, well, bit, good. A bit too much citrus. 
Either way, good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>